details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public. No more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know, it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Yes. I feel like I feel like I'm in some sort of parallel world. I I feel like I'm in some sort of alternate universe. No, this is not Coast to Coast AM. It is the one and only Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show, and we are here with yet another podcast. The first one in what about a month or two or three, twelve? I don't know. We did. I did a podcast. I think the last one was when I was about nine, right? Sure feels like it feels like my entire world is completely different from the last podcast, which as I'm looking here, it was like twenty-one days. It was like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago was the last podcast. Alright, just just checking. Hey, it's uh, Friday, it's September 10th, 2010. Michael Graff here, and uh, thank you so much for checking us out. Contact information for the program is always Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. A uh, couple of listener emails. I, I, I lost one of them. I actually got some hate mail a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I've misplaced it. I lost it. I don't know where it is, but the, the short and long of it was I suck and I should never be on the air, and my show is a train wreck. And I'm barely articulate, which I guess is fairly accurate. Believe me, as infrequently as this show is on, you don't have to worry about it. If you really hate it, you don't have to worry because it's hardly ever here. All right, anyway. Um, so I have another email, too, that's a little bit more substantive that I can address uh, later on in the program. If I can get around to it, we got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. You can always contact us that way. All of our contact information, including our chat channel, and of course, the way you can donate to, to this program via PayPal, Mike at KMGX.com. All of that is available at MichaelGroff.com. The one, the only MichaelGroff.com. Boring website, terrible website, horrible website. One of these days, my beloved, uh, I mean, this incredible person that I might. No, will 
work on it. That reminds me, joining me in studio and saying absolutely nothing is the one and only super talented, multi-talented. Number one fan of this program for the better part of three years. Or something. Hillary Fox, everybody. Exactly. She's not saying she's cowering. She's cowering. Like. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's that? <laughs> she's just, she's completely, not, it's not going to happen. All right, look, I'll say something that will piss her off. We'll, we'll go there eventually. I do it once in a while. I mean, can you imagine the perks of being of hanging around me all this time? Oh, you can imagine the, the perks are just so many. How anybody How anybody does it for as long as they do, I don't know. All right, so that's uh, we got a lot, man. There's there's a whole lot to get into. Maybe maybe Hillary says something, maybe she doesn't, but maybe eventually she works on our our website because I'm going to go ahead and say that the primary website, and this is no offense to um, EQ Runner that does that does the maintenance on it, but he's not he's not there to design the website. He's just there to make sure that there's at least some means to letting the listeners know that there are podcasts available and that there are things actually happening on it. Let's just put it this way: that generally speaking, a chimp with a pencil in his ear is probably going to be able to do a better web design than what we have up there right now. I'm just saying. And Hillary's actually a professional. Look, it's free promotion. So I'm just trying, I'm throwing it out there. This is called marketing. A podcast heard by sevens of people, and I got her name out there. All right, anyway, um, a lot happening. Uh, let's see. First of all, I, man, I don't even know where to start. There's been so much that's gone on since our last show. There's been so much that's gone on just in the last couple of days. Uh, we are getting dangerously close to election time. Okay, we're only, we are less now than two months away. We're what, about 50 some days away from uh, election day? That is right around the corner, all right? Um, and it's, it's going to be huge. Obviously, the Democrats are freaking out. They sense a tidal wave uh, to, to hit much in the same way that happened in 1994 when Republicans swept the House and Senate. I don't know if it's going to be quite that dramatic, but the throw-the-bums-out mentality is certainly spreading. And uh, the Obama folks are freaking out so much so that Obama is actually... He's actually talking about illegals and deportation. What? Must be an election year. They must really be in panic mode over there because most Democrats have completely distanced themselves from Obamacare. Most Democrats have completely distanced themselves from the stimulus package. Most Democrats have completely distanced themselves from Obama and this economy in general. So you, you know that they are running scared right now. They're like rats on a sinking ship. They're doing anything they can to get out of here. So uh, we've, we've got to talk about that. I, I have to, there's, there's this great story though. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great way to start a show talking about child pornography. This is what a way to start the show. I don't know. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how many times uh, any of people, people in my audience have ever been busted for child pornography, but I'm going to guess that you know, there's probably at least a creepy guy or two that listens to this show, right? Right? So, um, believe me, I've corresponded with some of them on Messenger. Uh, at any rate, um, here's an unusual defense. I'm just going to tell you that this is one of those defenses that you don't want to use when you're before a judge. 
Yeah, the old,、uh, you know, I got caught downloading kitty porn, so I'm going to use the my cat downloaded it defense. You know, it's amazing. That actually doesn't work. Yeah, who knew? Who knew that going before a judge and claiming that the kitty downloaded the kitty porn? See, it's kitty porn. See? Whoever thought that, that a judge doing that would,、uh, would actually.、Uh, res- <laughs> Here's the story. Okay. This guy, Keith R. Griffin, 49, he's of、uh, Jensen Beach. He claimed that a cat, his cat, downloaded the porn to his computer. He said that.、Um, Well, he's dropping that defense now. I guess even he realized that, he,、uh, that he's fighting a lost cause here. He said that he would、um, change his plea to no contest. That's, that's amazing. Like the cat, he says, he says initially his defense was the cat would jump on the keyboard and that these pornographic images would appear. You know, because a cat just jumps on the keyboard, mashes a few keys, and boom, kitty porn. You know, that's, that's how it works. Like, if you took your fist and just slammed it down on the keyboard, I'm sure that pictures of nine year old boys are just going to pop right on up. That's the legendary, that's the secret combination. Fist smashing, face palming your keyboard, face, yeah, face rolling your keyboard is going to get a bunch of、uh, child porn to come up. Even he realized how stupid this defense was. Now he's pleading no contest. Uh, this was his defense. He went before, he got cha- caught with the child pornography in、uh, August of 2009 after a detective found more than 1,000 child porn images on his computer. Man, that's a, what a naughty kitty that is. I know what happened. The cat got into the catnip. Cat was feeling a little amorous. Cat likes kids. Well, I mean, for a cat, it's something its own age. It's sure it's a different species, but you know, cat's seven years old. Look down at seven year old boys. Why not? It's a cat. Anyway,、um, he is now ordered to serve 12 and a half years in prison after pleading no contest to 25 felony child pornography charges.、Um, anyone want to take bets that this guy makes it out of prison? No, it's not going to happen. You know what happens to child molesters or child porn. You know, anybody that's involved in child sex crimes in jail, you know what happens to those people? Oh, yeah. That's a, it's, first of all, it's, Well, let's just let's put it in a family friendly sense. They get a lot of very special relationships, very special relationships, and then they get shanked. In court, Griffin, here's his description according to this story thin, handcuffed, and soft spoken, never mentioned his cat and told Circuit Judge Sherwood Buer. Uh, that he was pleading no contest because it was in his best interest. Thin, soft spoken. Hey, um, the cat, the cat man, he, um, the cat would get up there and that damn cat, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know, Fluffy, he, um, Fluffy would, would get up on my, on my keyboard and what he would do is he would.、Uh, <laughs> he, would, he would just get up there and, and, and Your Honor, he would, he would smash, he would face roll my keyboard. And next thing I knew, I,、uh, it, it looked like Michael Jackson's house on my, my screen. There w a s all these kindergartners and、oh, they were so hot. I mean, I was so mad at that cat. <laughs> and why did we find the stains on your, on your computer screen, sir? That was the cat, man. <laughs> 
guy's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I think we've. <laughs> I think we found a future Art Bell listener. All right. Anyway, um, as a cat owner, assistant state attorney Nita Denton says, uh, "quote My cats don't jump on the computer and download porn." I got to tell you though, if it, imagine this is like an actually this is a true story. Can you imagine what would happen if this was the one cat? You know, the cat gets up there. He uses the let's see www.triplexsuperkittyporncreeper.com.org. Whatever. That'd be great. It's like those episodes of uh, the old the old Looney Tunes episodes with the frog that would sing in front of the one guy, but then he'd bring it in front of like talent agencies and they would do nothing. It would just be a normal frog. This cat, you know, what happens is, yeah, you leave this cat alone. He jumps up on the keyboard. He starts downloading child porn images. Of course, then you try and show somebody else what he can do. He just sits there and meows. Meow. Totally innocent. Told you cats are evil. They are. I owned a cat for 14 years. Damn thing. It was, it's an evil, they are evil animals. I mean, it was always good to me, but they have an evil streak somewhere in there. There is a little bit of Beelzebub inside every cat. It's true. Um, <clears throat> in a world that has completely lost its mind, and maybe I should take a break before I get to, well, I'll do this real quick. We'll, we'll start getting into it now because this is one of those things. The world is completely losing its mind. Uh, first of all, we have this mosque, this debate over this mosque um, near Ground Zero. Especially now, here it is, we're a day away from uh, the ninth anniversary of September 11th. Hard to believe, man, nine years. It's just, it, it does. It seems like I was sitting in this room, in this very room, nine years ago, almost to the day, and recounting everything that went on we were running the station back then, and then it was like uh, it just everything was surreal. I was still in college back then. Here we are nine years later. But anyway, we have this controversy over this mosque, um, which has started. That's, that's just been out of control. I don't understand why it's even a controversy. Um, we're talking about the difference between ethics and constitutionality. We're talking about the difference between emotion and logic. Logic is you build it there because we have a First Amendment that says you can. You can be outraged. You can be disgusted. That's the other beautiful part of the First Amendment. You have the right to be completely outraged and completely disgusted by the fact that Islam, the religion of peace, is building a giant middle finger right next to the place where it, the religion, in the, or people in the name of the religion, be it the Wahhabi sect or whatever extremist faction you want to say, uh, took down two of the most prominent buildings in American architecture and in Americana period. Not to mention the attack on the Pentagon. Let's not forget that. And the flight that went down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But whether, I mean, no matter how outraged you are, there's no controversy. We have a First Amendment. But that's not even, see, that, that, that controversy is like, that's so old news now because we have this guy, this... Uh, this pastor in the state of Florida that plans on burning books. He planned, not books, the Quran. He wants to have a massive book burning of the Quran on 9-11. Now, naturally, everyone is completely upset by this. Everyone is, is outraged. Um, last I checked, burning a Quran or burning any book is legal. 
It is an expression of, of freedom of speech. It is, it is protected speech. Now, of course, everyone's upset because they, they're concerned because they feel the religion of peace will act as it normally does and want to blow everything up when they see that we're burning their holy book. Of course, we ignore the fact that several years ago there was this same controversy except the fact that it was Islam that was burning the Bible in mass quantities. Oh, that gets swept under the rug because that's Islam and, you know. No. Again, this is all, it, it's made into a much bigger controversy than it is. It's manufactured crap. Meanwhile, real controversy. Well, all of that is going on because I, I, I don't even have a comment on it. It's a pastor of a tiny church in the state of Florida that doesn't even, how many people, they have like 100 people in this congregation? 100 people, if that, go to this church. 50 people go to this church. This pastor has suddenly turned his church into one of the most recognized in the country just by saying, I'm going to go and burn the Koran. What's, what's the controversy? Where's the controversy? He's burning the Koran. Big deal. We burn, we burn these books all the time. We burn religious symbols all the time. Remember, again, Islam burned crosses and Bibles. We're giving this guy all this attention. Here's what I'm outraged about. City of Hartford. The city council in the city of Hartford will now begin each and every session with Muslim prayer. Now, here we go. Now we're, st- now we're talking. Remember all those nutbags that are always out there talking about, oh, separation of church and state, can't have an official religion, but the same people... They're strangely quiet right now. They're strangely quiet about this. By the way, I would be outraged if we started out a, uh, a any city council session with a prayer, regardless of what was going on. I don't care if it's a Christian prayer, an Islamic prayer, a Buddhist prayer, for God's sake. The council announced Tuesday that it has invited local, local Muslims local imams to perform Islamic invocations at the beginning of the council meetings in September. Though uh, meetings don't regularly begin with any form of prayer, an email from the Common Council called it, quote, an act of solidarity with our Muslim brothers and sisters. The email even referenced the ongoing issue in New York, quote, one of the goals of the council is to give a voice to the many diverse peoples in the city, which is especially important given the recent anti-Islam events throughout the country. Council President Joe Winch called it an important move for the council, saying, quote, I feel it is very important that as a council, we project a culture of inclusiveness in the city of Hartford. Too often is our differences that uh, too often is it our differences that divide us. In my opinion, it's our combination of differences that make us strong. Well, that's great. Um, so why why are we having just why not a Jewish prayer? When I get a rabbi to show up there, you know why not get a, a minister? Why not get? I mean, we could have a, a regular running joke here: an imam, a minister, and a rabbi walk into a city council uh, meeting in the city of Hartford. Doi vey, and, you know, punchline ensues. So we're going to have imams directing a Muslim prayer at the beginning of city council meetings in Hartford. Now, this is something to be outraged about. 
This shouldn't be happening. We want to we wanna give out a, a inclusiveness. Well, I don't know. I don't feel very included by that. I don't have any particular religion that I follow, as many of you know. I am what you would call spiritual, but not religious. I am what you would call sort of the free agent, almost. I believe in something. I don't even know what exactly what it is anymore. I don't know if you call it God, but whatever the case may be, what I believe certainly isn't represented here. I'm sure an atheist would argue what they believe isn't represented there, the, the, the lack of anything. Christianity, Buddhism, the many factions of Christianity, the sections of Catholicism, all of that, not included. Islam is, though. The religion of peace, which regularly attacks places all over the world in the name of its religion. Nice job, city of Hartford. Nice going. And while everybody is worried about a pastor burning a Koran, and while everybody's worried about a mosque, a middle finger going up by ground zero, this is the kind of stuff that goes on. This is actually government that is, in essence, opening with an Islamic prayer. I don't know. I would, that's far more outrageous to me as a libertarian to think that I, there's a city council somewhere that is using, using an official religion in a sense. If you, open a, a, if you open a council meeting with a prayer by a specific religious group, are, are you not ostensibly endorsing that religion? Well, we're doing it for the purposes of inclusion. Okay, well, next week, why not uh, then have a, why not have a rabbi there? Read from the Torah. Why not? That would be fun. <laughs> Nothing like uh, an opening, like a Jewish prayer in Hebrew. Nothing like opening with that to really get things going. All right, look, um, got to take a break. I'm just thinking about this. We, we have a lot still to cover. By the way, I want to thank uh, Hillary for providing food for this program lots of, of chocolate lots of uh, thank you for that she's hiding um, what else here yeah we got to do that we got a lot of other stuff to get into of course it is uh, Michael Groff uh, the Michael Groff show Mike at KMGX.com the email address it is Mike at KMGX.com AOL instant messenger the screen name Michael Graff show. And uh, uh, we just wouldn't be a show if we didn't have a little bit of a, a hang there while I went to play a bumper. That uh, It's okay. I press the button half hour later. Whenever it wants to play, it will. That's fine. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Graff related. Donate to this program via PayPal. Mike at KMGX.com. Send money. We do appreciate your donations. More coming up. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show.
back with segment number two. It's Michael Groff doing this little thing that we call the zip code famous Michael Groff radio program. Let's gentlemen. <laughs> So uh, thank you to uh, Miller Lite for being the the unofficial official beer of tonight's program. Contact information for this here program. Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. You can also go to MichaelGroff.com. For everything else Michael Groff related one of these days, it will be a real website. And since... I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. Since I'm in kind of close with a web designer right now, you know, just saying that maybe we'll have a real website one of these days. Anything is actually better than what's there now. Again, this is not any, not meant as any offense to the person that takes care of it now, but the person that takes care of it now just takes care of it. You know, he doesn't have the time to design. I don't have the money to pay him. You see what I'm getting at here? You see the, see the uh, relationship that we're, we're getting up there? You sort of, uh, sort of get there? All right. This is a story now. Those of you that listen to this show regularly, and and you know, stories like this are always important to me. This is the kind of thing that I I take up fairly regularly. Things uh, these this strikes right at the heart of the libertarian philosophy, and this strikes right at the heart of people, the anti-gun nuts. This is a huge Second Amendment story. And immediately people go, oh, God, here they go, rolling their eyes. Ah, Mike's going to go on a Second Amendment spree again, you know. Uh, This is an issue about self-defense. Comes from Uniondale, New York. Now, uh, this, this is a guy that was protecting his home. He felt that he was doing the right thing and protecting his home. And we'll tell you where it sort of went awry. Um, apparently this, this guy is now facing felony charges after he got his AK-47 assault rifle. He pulled the trigger and now he's behind bars. George Greer said that he had to use the rifle on Sunday night to stop what he thought was going to be an invasion at his Uniondale home as a gang that he thought might be the MS-13 gang, you know, that uh, that big drug cartel gang that's been going through Mexico and now they've come into the United States. MS-13, that's, that's big here in the Southwest. I don't know how much of an influence uh, MS-13 has in New York, but you've got to figure that, that if, if you were a drug gang and you wanted to get in good with the United States and you wanted to really start your, uh, get your business going, get your gang going, I would figure New York would be a good place to go. Anyway, he says, quote, I went around into the house, ran upstairs and told my wife to call the police. I got the gun 
And then I go outside and I come into the doorway. And now by this time, they're, they're, all these guys are in the driveway. He says they're, uh, they're back near the house. I tell them, can you please leave? I'm sure he didn't say, can you please leave? Hey, hey you know, guys, I, you're a gaggle of people in my driveway. Yeah, can you... Can, 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 can I just go bother the neighbor or something? Can, can you please leave? You know, I mean, that'd be cool. As he's standing there with an assault rifle. Anyway, but Greer said that the five men dared him to use the gun and that their shouts brought another group of gang members in front of the house. What do they do? They, 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 uh, they did some sort of call. They did like some sort of shriek and, and brought two die 10 more gang members to the front of the house. Is that how that works? Quote, he starts threatening my family, my life. Oh, you're dead. I'm going to kill you and your family and your babies. You're dead. So when, uh, when he says that, 20 other guys come rushing around the corner. And so I tried, uh, he says, you know, I tried to stop them. And then I fired four warning shots into the grass. Greer was later arrested. Now, um, he's apparently being charged with a, uh, let's see, with a felony reckless endangerment, which, um, of course, reckless endangerment is described in this particular case. Uh, It requires a depraved indifference to human life, creating a risk that someone's going to die. Shooting into a lawn doesn't create a risk, according to him. He says no. His lawyer says no. But he did know that the Nassau County Police employ the high-tech shot spotter, which is like this, this system that they have, which can, within about 30, 35, 40 feet, detect where a shot may have been fired from. I think they have that here in the Phoenix area as well. Not that it matters because everybody fires their weapons into the air on July 4th and on New Year's. It sounds like, it sounds like Baghdad. It sounds like uh, Tikrit outside on New Year's. I've never heard, I mean, literally it is, it's like a war zone. I swear nobody is ever going to be able to take over the United States on foot. It's never going to happen, especially not Arizona. This is such a heavily armed community. I know very few people that don't have weapons. I'm actually, I only have one. I only have a shotgun. I don't feel all that safe anymore because everybody else has like 13 guns. Seriously, it's like I don't I don't know. It it doesn't uh, it doesn't bode well. Greer also said that he was afraid of going outside his house because of the MS13 gang. So now uh they're some what 2000 miles away this gang. The gang of people. This is the uh the notorious gang. They they live down there in Juarez. They're down there in um where else are they? I know they're down in Tijuana. They're all over the place. Famous drug cartel. They have taken over. And matter of fact, they've taken over here in the Southwest to the point where uh, there are places where county sheriffs, they don't even go. They don't even bother. Sheriff's department says, no, you know what? This gang, they've completely taken over uh, the the parts of Pima County. We're not even going to go there anymore. We're not even going to bother. That's MS-13. Crazy. So this is one of those cases as a uh, libertarian that I I definitely take up the cause for because um, 
It's a guy defending his property. Now, he did it in completely the wrong way. Unfortunately, here's the law. And for those of you that don't know, now, laws, eh, they vary a little bit from state to state. But here in the state of Arizona, for example, if somebody is on your property, you can't. it doesn't necessarily mean you can shoot them. If they make a provocative action toward you, if they move toward you and you feel your life is threatened, and if you believe that they have a means to inflict deadly force, you are, you can use deadly force, but you really, I mean, it really has to be a situation where you can actually prove it. It has to be a situation where, because inevitably, if you do it, you better hope you kill the guy or else you are going to get sued and it's going to be bad. Even if you're not sued, they're going to send the cops out. They're going to do a, a full uh, forensics test. They're going to make sure that everything is on the up and up. Which is why, unfortunately, you usually have to wait until they get into your house. You can never shoot them in the back while they're trying to retreat. If this guy's story is accurate, I would feel, if I'm on the jury, I would say, okay, should he have fired four shots into the ground? Yeah, probably not. Did he get the job done? Okay. Look, bullets ricochet. It's not a good idea. You should never, the only time you should ever discharge your weapon is when it is pointed at somebody and you are using it for the express purposes of self-defense. That is the only time you should ever discharge a weapon. Unless, of course, you're target shooting or something. But I mean, in, in this kind of a situation, this is that's the only time where discharging a weapon is allowed because otherwise there's too much potential for collateral damage. There's too much potential for, well, ricochet, somebody else to be hit. You, shoot, you can shoot yourself for God's sake. You could hit a power line. You could hit one of a million things. Anything could go wrong. You have to have proof. That's where this guy screwed up. But there is nothing inherently wrong with defending your property. There's nothing inherently wrong with defending your family. And this guy, clearly he felt threatened. He doesn't have a criminal record. He doesn't have any kind of previous incidents. His gun is legal. It's registered. I know immediately people say, ah, AK-47, this guy. Yeah, you're allowed to protect your home with an assault rifle. You're allowed to protect your home with a handgun, with a shotgun. People in their stereotypes. Well, why, why do you need an assault rifle? That's the other question. I know. I already read the comments on this story earlier when I was going through. The, well, why do you need, why does somebody really need an assault rifle? Why not? These guys in MS-13, they have assault rifles. You should have seen the cache of weapons that the sheriff's departments in these border towns, you should see the cache of weapons they get from these guys. Again, literally, it looks like what the Taliban is walking around with. These guys have semi-automatic, semi -automatic, full automatic weapons. These guys have, uh, some of these guys have RPGs. These guys, these guys have some, some of them have better equipment than the cops. They have night vision. I mean, these drug guys, this is serious stuff. This isn't your, your pot runnery. This isn't your guy that's growing a plant in his basement. This is a guy, these are guys that are running kilos upon kilos of Coke, heroin, blast. They're running all sorts of stuff up and down. Then here's another story. This this is a, a story that sort of outrages me. And, and and last week we had the story, or a couple of weeks ago, we had the story about how Michael Bloomberg was uh, golfing with Barack Obama. 
Yeah, Obama was on, what, his uh, 30th vacation of the year. I know everybody got all over George W. Bush for taking a lot of vacation. Meanwhile, Barack Obama has has been on more golf outings than George W. Bush and Bill Clinton combined. In those 16 years, Barack Obama in his first year and a half in office has been on more golfing excursions than either of those two presidents combined. And he's taken a ton of vacation. Nobody calls him out on it. Nobody, ah, it's fine. When Bush was on vacation, the economy was doing well. This guy's on vacation. Everything is in the is in the crapper. And I know, listen, the president, I, he can't wave a magic wand and fix the economy. I get it. But I'm just wondering where the fairness is in the media. I'm just wondering where the fair and balanced, where the objective journalism is. You have a guy that is out there golfing. He's out there on vacation again. And no jokes on Jay Leno. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about this Barack Obama. I don't know. He's out there golfing. And he's not doing that. He's like, yeah, Barack Obama, he's a great guy. I love him. Where's the joke? That's The joke is that uh, George W. Bush sucks. Okay. I mean, I'm just wondering. I, again, you know how I feel about vacation for the president. It doesn't matter. The, the president can be uh, on, a, on a ranch in Texas. He can be in, at Camp David. He could be anywhere. And he can still do his job from anywhere that he is. So I don't care personally. It didn't bother me when George W. Bush was on vacation. It doesn't bother me when Barack Obama's on vacation. What bothers me is the media coverage or the, the, the lack thereof and the lack of criticism. And it does send the wrong message to the people. The president is supposed to be or is viewed as a leader, whether or not he actually is. I mean, he's not a leader. He was never designed to be a leader, a Fuhrer, if you will. But regardless, he is viewed as the figurehead of the, of the company that is the United States of America, if you want to look at it as a corporation. And when you have a corporation that's going badly and you see the CEO out there golfing, just chatting it up with other billionaires, it kind of looks bad, doesn't it? And then there's this story. This story is certainly not going to sit well with people, especially those that have lost their job, they're waiting for their unemployment, uh, people that are losing their houses. The stately White House East Room, which is home to uh, many a bill signing events, now, well, at least on Tuesday, became the stage for uh, pirouettes, gravity-defying leaps, and maybe even a little bumping and grinding as Michelle Obama uh, inaugurates a new dance series. Very important stuff. There's ballet going on. There's uh, hip-hop, Broadway. It's all taking over the room first for an afternoon workshop during which students from around the country will have the chance to work with some of the biggest names in dance. This is what we're doing with the White House. Oh, a bunch of people are going to come and dance and have a big old gala at the White House. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Man, what a great idea. Hey, by the way, um, since unemployment is at 0%, since GDP is at what, like 80% now, and, and uh, the Dow Jones is what, at 30,000, and everybody has a, a, a chicken in every pot and two cars in every garage, and, and everybody's living perfectly, I guess we can do, oh, wait, wait, what? No, they're not? Again, I don't care personally. The only thing that bothers me about this is just the duplicitous message. The, the president was out just a month ago saying, I'm just, I'm not far removed from you guys. I'm not far removed from being one of you. You know, the little people. 
I'm not far removed from being a working staff, you know, regular middle class, the regular Joe six pack. I'm not far removed from that guy. Two days later, he's out golfing with Michael Bloomberg, a billionaire mayor of New York. His wife is holding these big dance, uh, these exclusive dance uh, little celebrations of the East Room, the prominent East Room of the White House. Whatever your feelings on this administration, you have to admit that they are their own worst PR nightmare. They really are. These, these guys, they, they're out there. Obama is out there golfing. He's out there fraternizing. He's out there having Paul McCartney show up at the White House. They're you know, sitting there and, oh, I, I love Barack Obama, love. I mean, all these Barack Obama, Barack Obama, I love him. Leave this. Yeah, Paul McCartney said, leave this guy alone. He's doing a great job. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Man, is this, this is going so well. This economy is stupendous. He's doing so good that he's about to become a lame duck, one-term president when the Republicans take over. Oh, if you thought the Republicans were brutal before, wait till they have control of the House and Senate. <laughs> And, and Obamacare starts getting repealed. Wait till that happens. Have you thought we had gridlock in this country before? We ain't seen nothing yet. It is coming down the pike. All right, what else here? I'm just looking at uh, some of the other stuff going on. This dance thing, this just bothered me. Did you hear about this uh, school in Mississippi? Apparently, they have never allowed a black person to be student council president. And now, I guess, finally, finally, this the, it's a middle school in Mississippi. Um, they're finally, uh, they're going to go back on, the, on an old Jim Crow policy here. They're going to actually, um, I love how they're announcing, they're, we're announcing, finally, black people can become student council vice president. And you think that... <laughs> You think we still have a long way to go in this country? <laughs> we really do, man. Before uh, we get any kind of racial harmony going, we definitely have uh, just just a little ways to go. All right, Mike at kmgx.com. That is our email address. It is Mike at kmgx.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Also, uh, michaelgroff.com for anything else Michael Groff related. Our podcast there, of course, posted over there. Eventually, we'll have some stuff, some content. I don't know. I you know, I don't even know what kind of content to ever put on michaelgroff.com. You know, Hillary right now, she's looking at me like, what are you, a dumbass? I mean, there's so many things you could put on there. You can put a blog. You were tough. I can put a blog on there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can put a blog. Uh, what else? Um, pictures, old clips from the show, me being just insanely stupid. Nude pictures. I could. She wants me to put up some nude pictures. That's not happening. And frankly, I think it's best that it not. That would not attract listeners. It would attract her to the site. I definitely get one person that hits this site. I'll hit something, all right. Yeah, could you... <laughs> can you imagine my mom goes to my site and there's nude pictures of me there? My mom decides... Well, you know, I've never looked in... He's done this show for like 10 years now. I've never listened... I'm going to go check out the site. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can you bring me the pen so I can write you out of the will? <laughs> you imagine? Really? I mean, that's that would be what would happen, too. I'd get written right out of the will.
That's fine. It's all right. Hey, look. What are you going to do? So there, there will eventually be some real content. I really don't know what else to put over there. People make suggestions, but sometimes the suggestions of people, they're like, um, well, um, why not have, uh, why not have uh, some uh, a live video stream? And I'm like, okay, except we don't really do this show live anymore. At least not right now we don't. Um, and I'm still grab, grappling with that too. It's like, should, when are we going to bring this show back live? Are we going to ever do this show live again? I don't know. Like I'm sitting in here, I'm I'm perfectly content. I can do this show on my own schedule. I can go in the break and and you know do things, stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Hillary knows what I'm talking. About. What what are we talking about? You know, I could probably smoke something or. You know, I'm just saying. Whatever. All right. So so there's that. So we'll come up with stuff. It won't be me because I'm not that creative. I I do a show, all right? I do this show and that's that's what I do. I come in here, I do the show and I leave. And that's how it's worked for about 10 years. We've never had a good website. We've never had anything worth a crap. All right, more coming up. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff show. Pop chart. We got to take a look at the pop chart coming up. So uh, please get your ears lubed up for a raping. And so much more still to come. Famous Michael Grab Show. Mike at KMGX.com, the email. It's Michael Grab Show, AOL Instant Messenger, and of course, you know, PayPal, Mike at KMGX.com, and MichaelGrab.com for everything else related to this year's show. Oh, yeah, everybody, yeah. 
it's so. I'm just uh, here. Here's this is this is always great. So last week, I uh, you know, and, and for those of you that aren't aware, my life has certainly taken a, a positive turn. So I was going for yet another uh, trip to Las Vegas uh, last Thursday, and you know. I'm not one of these guys that gets too freaked out on planes. I'm pretty much cool on planes most of the time. Um, I, I very rarely get nervous. I'm more nervous going through the security screening and all the unnecessary steps that you have to take to go through there because, you know, frankly, I know that they're all looking at my junk and making fun of my genitals. I know that, okay? I know when you go through these body scanners, that's what's happening. That's just what goes on. I mean, everybody's junk gets made fun of, even if whether it doesn't matter. You know, I'd love to, you know, these guys, these creeper guys that become TSA, you know, the people that become TSA guys, generally they're creepers. You know, they're the guys, they don't want to be pedophiles and they don't want to be sex offenders. So they go on, Hey, <laughs> I know where we can look at them for free and get some free pad downs, get some free, free feels. <laughs> If you're a part of the TSA, <laughs> you know, that's what they do. So I have to tell you that, so that's the, the worst part is actually getting to the plane. Once I'm on the plane, I'm like, all right, look, I've already been raped. I've been probed. I've had all of my belongings strewn out in front of God and everybody else. I know that there's absolutely nothing worse. Like, I mean, the plane crashing is just like, well, what a perfect end to a perfect day. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it doesn't, it's not really that big a deal. I mean, yeah, I really don't want to die in a plane, and and but I, I generally don't get freaked out. The other thing that freaks me out is really bad turbulence. I have to admit, I, I get a little bit nervous about that. Or when I see uh, the one time I was on a plane and we had one of those near misses where a pl it was like I literally saw a plane miss hours by I don't know a hundred feet. That's always good. But this is another thing. This would freak me out, I have to admit. So British Airways last week, this, is la this occurred last Friday, they had to apologize after a crew member mistakenly played an emergency message warning Hong Kong-bound passengers that the plane that they were on was about to plunge into the sea. <laughs> now, Hillary was a flight attendant. Do you, have you, do you ever do that? Do you ever have that happen? No. No? You never... You never accidentally told everybody that they were going to die. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, uh, this is your flight attendant speaking. I uh, just want to let you everybody know you're all going to die slowly and painfully. Get out your life uh, preservers because you're going to need them. Oh, wait. Just kidding. <laughs> we're on the ground safe and sound. <laughs> About 275 passengers on a Tuesday flight out of London's Heathrow Airport heard the message, quote, this is an emergency. We may shortly need to make an emergency landing on water. And as I say to you, this is an emergency. We may need to shortly uh, make an emergency landing on the water. Yes, sir. So, uh, get your life preserved out and everything along that. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Quote, people were terrified. We all thought we were going to die. Uh, passenger Michelle Lord, 32, of Brit, uh, told Britain's The Sun newspaper, which first reported the incident. Quote, they said the pilot hit the wrong button because they were so close together. I was like, oh, terribly so I, I hit that emergency landing button and all I meant to do was turn off the fast and the seatbelt sign. I was like, <laughs> mistake. I was like, I've been drinking all afternoon. So, you know. I hit the wrong button.
The plane was flying over the North Sea at the time. Cabin crew on the Boeing 747 quickly reassured passengers that the message was a mistake and that they were in no emergency. I say, pay no attention. Pay no attention to that. That was just a, an, an, an errant message. I say, I don't mind the fact that we're going over the water right now. Everything's going to be fine. You can all stay in the seat. Don't, no, 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 no need to open the emergency exit. I say, we're fine. Sure. That is my big fear. Like, I, I'm going to be on a plane one of these days. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. This is your captain speaking. Um, we're dead. Um, we, I, I'm sorry. We've uh, I accidentally, you know, craziest thing. You guys ever had a bad day at work? Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I accidentally dumped all our fuel, and uh, we are over the open desert of northwest Arizona. We're over the plateau, and we ain't got enough uh, fuel to get to the Las Vegas airport. You are done. I'm going to try and land in Lake Mead, but uh, quite frankly, I don't think we're going to make it. So, uh, but nice knowing you. And uh, we know you have a lot of choices in uh, which airline you want to fly. Um, it's too bad you chose this one today. Bye-bye. And quite frankly, to the guy in seat uh, C3, you're a douche. And really, you need to put on some more deodorant. Thank you. You're going to rot in the hottest pits of Tartarus when we die. I'm telling you right now. You. <laughs> There's a particularly hot spot in hell for you, sir. Last year, they had a similar incident. Apparently, uh, someone on, uh, let's see, this is on an, I don't know what this is. This is some flight uh, to the Dublin, it was the Dublin to Paris flight. Crew played an announcement in English warning of turbulence followed by one in French saying that the crew was preparing for an emergency landing. Retreat! Of course, every, everything in French sounds like, you know, there's something wrong. Should we go to the pop chart? Should we do this? Do we have to do this? Is it required that we do this? I don't want to, but it's our day. It's our, well, it's our weekly look into what's happening in the world of pop music, everybody. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's... Get ready for ear rape. week we take a look at the top 10 songs playing on top 40 radio stations across the country these again the most played songs on top 40 radio stations across the country we um we reluctantly take a look at this just to see you know to keep you uh, folks cultured to keep you up to date on the biggest songs what what the kids are listening to you know seeing what program directors think is actually worthwhile of contaminating the electromagnetic spectrum with. I'm going to need more beer after this. I'm telling you right now. All right. Here's a... Hillary actually ran out of the room to go get me some more beer. See, this is why this one right here, this is a keeper. Okay? I'm, I'm really a lucky guy. Actually, I think the truth is she ran out of the room because we're, we're doing the pop chart. That's the real reason right there. She's like, you know, I, I love you, but I'm not. This is, this is where love ends and self-preservation begins. Hey, 
Is that is that what I'm is that what I'm to understand? No. No comment. See. All right. Anyway, at number ten this week, it's weird. We haven't done this segment in a little while, and yet a lot of the songs are still here. Although we have a couple of new ones. Number ten, it's Jason Derulo with a song that sounds like every other Jason. I wonder if he says his name in this one. He says his name in every Jason Derulo. Here's uh, Riding Solo. Like a wolf, so yeah. See, I could do this. Come on, tell me I can't do it. Hey, it's a song about sex on the pop chart. <laughs> so bad. Come on. I think I think I could do better than this with just my voice and a calliope. Hillary is like, she's totally into this music. True? <laughs> Jason Derulo, you don't like Jason Derulo? Justin Bieber? Uh, what's, who's the, who's what's some of these other fruits on Eminem? You like Eminem. She likes Eminem. See, she's into that. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. Run Run Anyway, uh, number nine is an actual band. Believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe, but there actually are bands on the pop chart. Actually, you know, instruments. A guy that you know writes a song. Believe it or not, that's actually on here. Maroon Five at number nine with Misery. It's it's an actual real band, real instruments. It's better than Jason Derulo. Alright. Good old Kesha with a dollar sign is at number eight with Take It Off. What the hell is this? Every other Kesha song sounds like when this. The dark oh. Of the night oh my god. Comes around, ah. That's the time that the animal comes alive. Ah! Yeah, exactly. KMGX. <laughs> 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 
broke. This thing just broke. Yeah, believe it or not, a, a producer actually sat in the studio and actually thought this was worth it. called Bruno Mars is at number seven with Just the Way You Are. I haven't even heard this. I have no idea what this is all about. Yeah. Sounds wussy enough. Doesn't this sound like Jason Derulo? Yeah. This must be the music they put on for the, the hold music when you call the gay bathhouse. Thank you for calling Thuds and Fun. All of our operators are busy right now. Ooga. Stay on the line. Your call is super important to us. Big snaps for you for calling. Wow, this is awful. Once again, I ask, how can it be that we have an increasingly femme culture when they're listening to such manly music? I don't get it at all. Like, for example, number six, Mike Posner. If I could write you a song to make you fall in love, yeah. I would already have you up under my arm. I used the ball of my tricks. I hope that you like this, but you probably <laughs> won't. You think you're cooler than me. You got design and shades just to hide your face. You wear them around like you're cooler than me. And you never say, hey, you'll remember my... You know, I think this guy's like 12. Because you think you're cooler than me. I got you all figured out. You need everyone's 
right. These are the, again, the top 10 songs on the pop chart. Who do you think that you are? All right, uh, this is uh, number five. DJ, get us fallen in love, Usher, and some other loser. I don't know. It's actually Usher featuring Pitbull. This is great. Uh, that was horrible. Number four. I don't even know what that is. That's on the pop chart? Really? Number four is Katy Perry, Teenage Dreams. Ooh, this is this will be great. Okay, awful. Um, number three is Eminem featuring Rihanna. This will... Uh, here you go. Here you go, Hillary. Here's here's your here's your dude. Eminem. Here we go. I hope you like this refrain because you only hear it seventy eight more times. was over 10 years ago, but I don't know. My last good song was Stan. I ain't even the man. Had to piggyback on Rihanna. I could do this song. Gotta get real angry. Nothing to these songs. I love the way See? <laughs> Hillary's looking at me like you're the darkest. <laughs> you ever love somebody so much you can barely breathe when you're with him, you meet. I mean, seriously, what is he saying? Exactly. You have no idea. But it sounds really good because he's yelling it over a bunch of mouth. Now you're in each other's arms. Now you're in 
Throw the thrower out the window, put her in a trunk. You drive her in a river. Who gives up? See, I can freestyle it, yo. I am, I am, I am the freestyle king, yo. All right, Enrique in Enrique Iglesias is sadly uh, number two on this. With a with, I apologize for the quality of the song, not just because it's a, sh- a, a crap song, but because it apparently we got it, we got a, a, a low bitrate version. I apologize. You deserve a high quality version of this crap. And of course, who cares? Because that uh, takes us to the number one song on the pop chart uh, for the week. You were wondering when we were going to get to it. Well, here it is. The number one song is gross and horrid. It's Tyle Cruz Dynamite. Yeah. I, 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 I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor cause that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing <laughs> all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. You, you, cause it goes on and on and on. And it goes yeah, that's, that's your pop chart. Way too much fun for a human being to be having in here. Did not, uh, basically, didn't every single one of these songs sound alike? Mm-hmm. As it always does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was god awful. All right, well, that's a look at your pop chart. And once again, we just want to thank uh, all of the program directors at uh, top 40 radio stations across the country for completely diluting the music pool. Thank you. All right. um, One of these days, I keep threatening one of these days, we'll look at another one of these charts just to see if it's any better. It generally, I got to think that anything would be better than the pop chart, right? I mean... Something, anything's got to be better than that. All right, now here's a great story. This is uh, this is kind of uplifting. So we very well could be running on pee power. I mean it, like literally urine could be used as a power source. 
This according to the people, the, the researchers that have figured out a way to make the world's first urine-powered fuel cells. <laughs> Chemistry, no, this is, and this is a true story. And it's like, hey, I'm not making the thumb. It's pee power. Um, uh, this is, uh, let's see, Shanwen Tao and Rong Lan at the Hiriat Wat University School of Engineering and, and Physical Sciences in Edinburgh are turning pee into electricity and clean water with a prototype fuel cell system. While fuel cells usually rely on flammable hydrogen gas or toxic methanol to generate electricity, Tao and Lan's cheaper prototype relies instead on urea, which is an organic chemical component produced by the waste when uh, the body metabolizes protein. Urea, also called uh, carbonine, car, what's this? Carbamide. Um has several advantages as a potential fuel source. Number one, it's a it's abundant, it's non-toxic, it's relatively straightforward to transport, and rich in nitrogen. See, this makes sense. Little little uh, little pea power. It's good stuff. I like it. I'd go for it. According to, besides, I mean, who, you know, this would be one for you, one for me, you know, you could, uh, you just pee into your gas tank. Be great. Tao thought about incorporating uh, pea power because he had seen it used as a uh, fertilizer while growing up in eastern China. The carbamide power system prototype can break urea or urine from humans or animals down to water, nitrogen, and CO2, and it also produces electricity at the same time. Unlike existing fuel cells that require catalysts made <clears throat> from precious metals like, uh, like platinum, the, uh, they call this the eutricity Research Group's prototype uses a cheaper catalyst, um, which, of course, is less expensive. They use membranes, basically. They got a $203,000 grant. Listen, that would be something that we should spend money on. If you can actually turn pee into a vital fuel source, if you can actually turn it into a resource that we can use. Can you imagine? Literally, you know, you, you, it's like, ah, man, I'm a little low. Can you, can you top me off? Sure, here you go. Zip. The gas station of the future. It's just a guy standing there drinking water. I'll fill you up. Guys on the street. We'll, we'll pee for food or we'll... Um, what else have we got here? Oh, here's... This is the ironic story. Here you go. Here's, uh, here's a little ironic story for you. So there's a guy that was uh, this, this ghost hunter. He was looking for the legendary ghost train. In Iredell County, one of these uh, ghost hunter guys, you know, the, the type, they're out there, they're looking for haunted houses, they're looking for the, uh, the mysterious stuff, you know, ghost train. Well, um, unfortunately, this guy will be chasing them no more because he was hit by a real train and killed early Friday morning. <laughs> the incident happened on a... Um, <clears throat> on a train trestle at 2.45 a.m. near the 900 block of Buffalo Shoals Road. 
Robin Chapman, a spokesman for Norfolk Southern Railroad, said that the eastbound train <laughs> consisted of three locomotives and no freight cars. The train was rounding a curve and approaching a trestle over Boston Creek uh, just prior to Buffalo Shoals Road when it struck a man on the trestle, Chapman said. Christopher Kaiser, 29, died at the scene and two more people were injured, according to Iredell County Sheriff Philip Redman. Kaiser's body was found below the, uh, the trestle um, on a steep incline. The injured patients were, of course, airlifted to a local hospital. Quote, during the investigation, witnesses told deputies they were at the site uh, in hopes of seeing a ghost train. The sheriff said the incident, can you imagine? Can you imagine you're one of these, you're, you're out there, you're one of these nuts. You're out there at three o'clock in the morning chasing down ghosts. I'm going to find me a ghost train. I mean, really? I mean, I know we're going to get one of those, another one of those angry people calling. But see, this always brings back the, the old, the age old question we've asked time and time again. We've done best of shows on this topic. We've had best of how do you get hit by a train? How does that happen? How is it that you get hit by a train? It is impossible. Only the incredibly stupid or suicidal get hit by a train. It's not like you can't see and hear and feel the thing coming. It's a friggin' train. How do you get hit by a train? Obviously, this guy did because he, was, he thought it was a ghost train. It's a ghost train. No, I'm sorry, sir. It's not. You lose. <laughs> Sorry, sir. It's a ghost train. Thank. We have. It's not really a ghost train. No. We uh. We have some nice parting gifts for you. Yeah, instead of crazy train, we can. This is this guy's the crazy train. All I can think about is is these guys. These are the kind of guys that would. Uh, when I was a kid, they would always be on like unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight on unsolved mysteries. A loony bin chases down a ghost train and is ironically killed by a real train. What if he was killed? What if it was a ghost train that killed him? Now? Oh, hey, I'm a ghost train. I'm going to run y'all over. Oh, no. Like, you see a train flying down the tracks. Even if you're chasing a ghost train, why would you stand in front of it? Just in case something happens. We just want to thank this guy for participating in um, in life. We have a nice parting Darwin Award for you. Here it comes. Another fabulous ghost train. <laughs> Some nutball in Massachusetts. Come on down. And your gaggle of idiot friends. Come on down on the track. the first four people of the year to receive the Darwin Award. And now, here's your host for the Darwin Award ceremony. 
Michael Groth, everybody. Which piece of this guy's body should I give to the Darwin Award to? I know, people are going to get, they're going to get angry. You know, you shouldn't make fun of people that get hit by a train. This is a tragedy. This is just a another ghost hunter. He was just out there. He was looking. You are the most insipid. We got to find that clip of that, that nut, that nutball. Years ago, let me tell you the, the little story about this show. For those of you new listeners to the show, years ago, um, I, I did a story one night about a woman that got hit by a train. Uh, it was in the Washington, D.C. area. This woman, uh, she was walking near the train tracks and she was texting at the same time. Okay, it's one of these women, you know, that uh, it, people do this all the time. They don't pay attention to where they're going. They're texting while they're walk, walking. They're texting while they're driving. And this woman was doing just that. She was, she, was, she was a deaf woman walking along the train tracks and she gets hit by the train, lo and behold. And of course she's dead. Young woman, think she was a model or something, but she was deaf. My point on the show that I made uh, one night was uh, how the hell, again, it's the same old point. How the hell do you get hit by a train? You have to be incredibly stupid. If you're down a sense, in other words, if you're deaf or you're blind, you need to use your other senses and, and be cognizant of your surroundings. You shouldn't be on the phone texting somebody. And this woman was, and then she was hit by a train. And uh, some woman, some nutbag hears that, like on a best of show. And she calls our rant line that we used to have. And she leaves this, this just in, this insane message. How, how can you do How can you be so insensitive? You are the most insipid, insensitive, heartless. And this woman, you know, she was just, she was a young woman. I knew this woman. She was so mad at me. And like, she sort of glosses over the main point. She goes, you know, maybe she shouldn't have been on the phone texting, but you know, that doesn't give you any, it's like, maybe she shouldn't have been on the phone texting. No, that's the entire point of the discussion. But for woman being on the phone texting, train wouldn't have hit her because she would have had her eyes looking forward and she would have seen a friggin' uh, 600 ton whatever. She would have seen this multi hundred ton plowing 70 mile an hour train flying at her and she and who walks right next to the train tracks? <laughs> I know I'm going to be a deaf woman and I'm going to walk right next to the train tracks. In fact, so close that if the train comes by, it will hit me. And I'm not going to be paying attention to where I'm walking. Instead, I'm going to send text messages. And I was the bad guy. Just like this guy. Like this guy, he's on a ghost train. Or he's looking for a ghost train. You believe this, people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is the human race right here. Why haven't we been to Mars yet? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really? All right. Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. And of course, all of the information about this program relevant and germane to it can be found at the one, the only Michael Groff.com. Um, eventually, you know, real site coming. I don't know. We'll see. Is there going to be a real site there one of these days? Mm -hmm. Okay. Checking with Hillary. I, I'm turning over operations 
like big, I'm turning over the main design operations to her. Like, uh, we're still leaving it uh, to EQ Runner on the on the IRC channel to just sort of, you know, maintain and make sure that, you know, the thing is there. <laughs> but, you know, design, I, I, Hillary is going to do design. I told you, this one's a, this is, this is what you call a keeper. You like this pop chart? You, you were into that? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. That's great music. I don't know how you can't be into it. Mm-mm. Come on. Little Jason Derulo. Little uh, Kesha. Katy Perry. Come on. Nope. Eminem. <laughs> Rihanna. It's all good stuff. All right. Uh, we'll have another podcast, of course, uh, right around the corner. And you know, this weekend, I know for all you degenerate gamblers out there, and I know there's many of you, we should do the football picks this year. We should, we should do them um, every, every week. We should do this because while I'm good at betting baseball, while I'm very good at, at handicapping baseball, Handicapping the NFL, the first year we did it on this show, went so well that people insisted that I do it again. So then the next year I do it, and it was a disaster. So then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to handicap the NFL anymore. And now here I am. I'm sitting here contemplating it, but you know what? I'm not going to do it. But it is. It's the uh, the regular season. The NFL regular season gets uh, started. Well, actually, it technically it started last night as... As my uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, get crushed, even though it's a close game, but really, I mean, they were dominated uh, by the Saints, um, fourteen to nine. Terrible, terrible. By the way, that game, the highest rated game in fourteen years, it outdrew Game Seven of the NBA Finals from earlier this year, the the Lakers Celtics. It out, it outpaced that. That just tells you the pull that the NFL has in this country. The NFL is so huge, it's so just incredibly massive that it outdoes even the most pinnacle game in the NBA season. And Major League Baseball, forget about it. The NFL, it is still king in this country. Well, I mean, with more people out of work now, thanks to this summer of recovery, um, I guess that's more people they can watch on their TVs that they're not going to pay the credit on. They can uh, afford to watch more games in the house that they have no intention to pay the bank on until they get thrown out. (laughs) Or until Obama, uh, with a stroke of the pen, decides that he's going to forgive all their loans. It is an election year, after all. That could very well happen. I'm telling you right now, he could give sort of the real estate amnesty to a lot of people that made the horrible mistake of jumping in. They weren't able to afford these houses. Then they get the house, and now they can't pay it. But Obama's going to come and save the day. He's going to be like, you know what, this debt, it's, it's all forgiven. And, you know, as soon as that happens, you know what they're going to do. They're going to borrow against the house, and they're going to get back in debt again. They're going to be like, all right, I got another, I got $100,000 to play with now. I've always wanted a Mercedes. I've always wanted 17 big screen TVs. I'm going to borrow against this. That's going to happen. 
So uh, that's uh, getting kicked off this weekend. Of course, the big uh, start of the NFL season. We're, uh, we're excited about that here. The Arizona Cardinals, they're playing the Rams to start the season. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Listen, I'm telling you right now, um, if, if you're a Cardinal fan, all right, you're rooting for the Arizona Cardinals, and they don't win the first game against the Rams, season's over. That is, you might as well listen, just pack it up, pick up the chairs, put them on the tables, go home. That's it. Season over. Um, there's nothing to look forward to. You know, and you've got all this controversy with Matt Leonard. You've got all this other stuff, all this agita going on in the team. It's it's time to officially call it quits. If you lose to the to the St. Louis Rams this weekend, it's over, Johnny. I'm gonna watch. Why? Because why not? What else am I doing on Sunday? Am I doing anything Sunday? Am I? I don't know. Hmm. I'm asking Hillary. Hillary knows better than I do. What what what's going on Sunday? I shouldn't say. Okay. <laughs> that means it's gonna be good. All right. We're back for another edition of uh, the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show. Real soon. Probably. I mean, it depends. Real soon could be, you know, next week sometime. All right, Mike at KMGX.com email. That's also our PayPal address. Send money. Uh, EFNet IRC, the Channel Net Radio, and of course, Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. All of the contact information for this show, our chat channel, and everything else found at michaelgroff.com. Okay, that's it. I uh, wanted to see if there was anything else I wanted to mention here just real quick. And tomorrow, 9-11, all the, uh, all the festivities. I think we've pretty much forgotten, though, right? I, we're not, you know, we're, we're, um, we're having Islam uh, start uh, meetings. They're, they're going to be uh, leading prayers in city councils. We're good. What is it? Forgive and forget? Why not? That, historically, that's worked out well for mankind. Forgive and forget. <laughs> All right, thanks to the pop chart for being disgusting. Thanks for Hillary for, for providing the uh, the food and beverage for tonight's program and sidebar entertainment. I love you. All right, we're back uh, next week. Good night, everybody.